step into the sin bin. This is Penalty Box Radio. Four-time Best Sports Blog winner. With Justin Bradford. Three-time winner for Best Sports Reporter and Commissioner of the SECHC. And Glenn Blackwell. It's time to talk all things hockey in the music city. Penalty Box Radio is on. Smashville's Best Sports Talk. ESPN. 1025 The Game. Welcome to Penalty Box Radio. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Kenny taking care of us as always behind the glass. And we have we have a fun one tonight, Glenn, because we're going to obviously talk about the Predators, but it's a big time college hockey focus on our show tonight because there's some big stuff going on locally uh, next weekend and has been going on locally with, with college hockey as well. So just to preface it, we're going to have Lyndon Palmer from MTSU Hockey. Yes, remember... Lots of these local schools and SEC schools have college hockey teams. And Lyndon Palmer, he played his local hockey here uh, for the the Lebanon Mount Juliet Club. And he is the leading scorer in the Southeastern Collegiate Hockey Conference right now with MTSU. And they're in the, the middle of their season, getting ready to break for the semester. But we'll have him. We have Mackenzie Steffen, who is with Total Package Hockey. And she went to the University of Wisconsin. And is going to come on to talk about the Women's College Hockey Showcase that's coming up next weekend. It's back. It was obviously off last year for, for reasons. <laughs> but back in 2019, it was a tremendous success at Fordyce Center in Bellevue. And she actually played in that showcase uh, then in Bellevue. And she's now working here in Nashville and has plenty to say about that Women's College Hockey Showcase coming to Fordyce Center in Bellevue next weekend. So a big Thanksgiving uh, holiday tradition that they're starting here in Nashville. But... First, let's talk about the Nashville Predators, Glenn. And it's an interesting road trip because, remember, folks, the game against Ottawa is postponed Mm -hmm. uh, for Thursday. So they're heading straight to Montreal and we'll get a couple days of practice in, which would be great. But let's look back at some of the previous games and just where this team is at right now, which overall has been a good surprise for Mm -hmm. so many people. The team 7-2-1 in their last 10 games. Granted, they... They got hand. They got it handed to them by Toronto, a very, very good Toronto team. Mm-hmm. Uh, USA doing everything he possibly could to stand on his head to keep the team in the game. And obviously, they they really took it to Arizona. They had that overtime win against St. Louis. They had a win against Dallas. So they're getting some good quality wins here, some good learning experiences like they had against Edmonton and now against Toronto. Overall, just what's your take on this team as we are now over a month into the season and you kind of get a good feel where this team's at? So. It might be too early to say this, but actually I don't think it is. I take that back. I don't think it is because in this moment, this is all I can speak for, is that they're, it's kind of reminiscent of the Hurricanes bunch of jerk season, right? Just this little bit of time because what I'm seeing is a team that is clearly having fun playing hockey again. Um, it's leading to production. They're being rewarded for it. And as we've seen in years past, that's a tough energy to break. I mean, you can, as the other team, you can read plays all you want, but when a team is out there with the energy, the confidence, the consistency, that chemistry, it's kind of tough to beat. And so with this team, I think we're just seeing quite a bit of that lately. Is it sustainable for an entire season? No, but they're getting, it's getting them off to the right start as opposed to the last few years, maybe when they put themselves at a disadvantage at the beginning of the season. This time, I think that's turned around. And I think we were seeing a lot in the last couple of seasons of, you know, the, 
just the, I don't know, the idea of just like holding your stick too tight and everybody being so, and now I feel like it's a little bit more relaxed in the sense that they are confident in their game and they're having fun doing it. So that's why they kind of remind me of the Hurricanes in that season of just going out there, aside from the celebrations, going out there and just having fun playing their best game. And so that's what I'm seeing that I love, that I hope they can carry that in or carry that out with them. Even as the season continues to ebb and flow, I hope that they can hold on to a bit of that because I really like what I'm seeing in that. And speaking of, you mentioned holding the stick too tight in the past. One of the players that is not doing that right now is Matt Duchesne. Mm -hmm. Uh, Matt Duchesne and, I mean, look at this, Mikhail Grenland as well, Roman Yossi doing Roman Yossi things. We've talked about him. We'll talk about him more, I'm sure, in the the future. But Matt Duchesne has been one of those wonderful surprises for this season because coming into the season, when we were discussing it early on and pretty much everyone – they were banking on Matt Duchesne performing about the way he has performed in Nashville since he joined, which is underperform. But when you have a surprise of what he's doing with 16 points, I mean, three players, Duchesne, Yossi, Grenland, all at 16 points, that is a surprise to where that explains a 7-2-1 in the last 10 because you have players that are playing above where they have been. Not playing over their salary because this is what's been expected ever since they joined the team. They're actually playing now to more what the expectations have been. It's just we were so desensitized to that mm-hmm. <laughs> with yeah. Duchesne and Glendland that it was, whoa, 16 points in 16 games. There's three point-per-game players out there. That's that's impressive overall because they haven't been doing that before. But Matt Duchesne, he's even said it's, it's a different feel in the locker room. They feel mm-hmm. more loose. So it is a different feel when you go from one of the oldest locker rooms to one of the youngest locker rooms, there was a change in mentality and a change in being pushed. And we've talked about that multiple times already of being pushed by the youth. And then they're still without Philip Forsberg as well. I mean, Forsberg's only played nine of the 16 games this season. And so other people are having to step up. Some could step up more than others. Some are still snake bit. But when you have Matt Duchesne continuing this trend, we're almost to the, the quarter way point mm-hmm. of the season and it's going to there's going to be some streaks I'm sure but overall Matt Duchesne is playing with what they've expected him to do and not saying that he's necessarily going to keep up that point per game pace mm-hmm. but I think it's very much doable and the expectation should be there that he should be collecting at least 65 to 70 points absolutely yeah and coach Hines even when he was talking about Matt Duchesne's game, he said his play just seems more instinctual than it had over the last few seasons. And I think that's a very good way to look at it because he's suddenly everybody's looking and they're like, oh, he's suddenly become this productive player. But like we said, the not the not gripping your stick too tight. Um, now he's starting to show us what we've anticipated him to be. He's letting his natural game come through, playing his game and maybe not forcing himself to adapt to a certain style that's not his. Not saying that Coach Hines forced him to do that all this time, but he's just finally playing more instinctually, um, and I think that's a very good way to look at it. And finally, finally, this is the Matt Duchesne, guys. This is finally. this is the one. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's one of those things, too, where he just looks more at ease mm-hmm. out there as well, and especially with the game winners that he's had and the opportunities that he's had, and he's taking advantage of the opportunities that are out there. So it's good for him. 
I know people have been waiting for that, uh, the $8 million man. Uh, Ryan Johansson just continues need to shoot more because his shooting percentage is so high. Just shoot more, man. You, you yeah. have those opportunities. He has a great shot. Yep, and that's something that Matt Duchesne is doing more of yeah. now, too. Shooting so, more, shooting yep. more. And there's little things that I noticed as well in terms of bigger shifts. It was near the beginning of the game, and obviously it was a loss against Toronto. But Ryan Johansson had a tremendous shift really early on on that opportunity that Tomasino was almost able to bury very, very early on where he was everywhere. And it's, again, one of those things you're just not used to seeing because I'm not – Jerron Johansson is not lazy. I think he's because he's a bigger dude. His stride seems a little slower than others, but he's still moving around. But his back check was able to reward themselves in a play that ended up in a two-on-one situation. And that's where he's able to have a great pass to Philip Tomasino, who almost was able to bury it against Jack Campbell. So that was a good shift, too, because it shows he's everywhere. Just like a few games ago when Johansson made a, a great play at the blue line to keep the puck in. That's what you want to see out of your veterans is making key plays like that because the young guys are going to see you doing that mm-hmm. and realize, I need to put forth that effort because if I don't, I'm going to lose ice time. Yep. I have to do this because the veterans are doing it. It's expected that I do it as well, leading by example no matter what. And you're not going to be rewarded every single time, but the more right. opportunities like that you create, obviously your team is going to benefit. So absolutely, absolutely. We'd love so, to see it. So good <laughs> test as well. We, the, the Maple Leafs, obviously one of the hottest teams. I mean, it was two of the hottest teams in the NHL in terms of previous 10 games. And for something that we thought was going to be kind of an offensive explosion turned into a defensive battle uh, between those two teams. I mean, Austin Matthews getting his goal. Uh, Mitch Marner, David Kampf. So this was one of those things, especially because there were an empty net there. So I mean, it's difficult and it wasn't to a lack of effort. No, not not a lack. It was it was a little discombobulation mm-hmm. at times in the offensive zone, and I think a lot of that's because Toronto's so good as well. Yusuf Saros, good. He playing off the top of his head like that, and I want to bring back briefly a segment. Briefly, okay. so there was. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> there, there was a post in a Predators hockey group. Yes, the one I manage. Oh, okay. Someone saying uh, Soros is a god kind of thing because he he was playing out of his mind like he has had to in multiple games to keep his team in it. Mm-hmm. And there's been this one person who is just not a Soros like he's a I think he's a Soros hater. Oh, jeez. Uh, and <laughs> saying it's about playing the perfect game when we need him to and guess what those 10 other saves didn't even matter because he missed two that should have been saves. So I'm sick of seeing the same outcome. He needs to play the whole game, not 10, 20 or 30 out of 32 saves. That's the part of the reason he's supposed to be a starter. So expecting, you know, 100% save percentage. Uh, every single game. Every game. Yeah. When your team doesn't score any goals. <laughs> so more dumb things said on Preds Facebook. Oh, wow. uh, if he could play one entire game without any breakdowns, I'd honestly shut up. But every single night he's in net, you can almost guarantee two goals will be scored. I mean, a two goals against average is not awful. Because every goaltender in the NHL has 100% save every night. <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy That's to me. Good. The expectation that this person has for Yusuf Saros uh, to be a starter. And someone even pointed out, it's like, you know, his numbers right now look similar to Pecorino. He's like, yeah, but he hasn't played anywhere near the games of Pecorino. I'm like, yeah, but right now, oh my he's goodness. looking similar to what Pecorino's numbers were. That's what's important, is that Yusuf Saros is doing what he can to keep his team in the game. The offense needs to step up and take care of business and score some goals to support their goaltending efforts. That's what it's mm-hmm. been like for how many years yeah. uh, with the Natural Predators. But... Anyways, Ooh, I was glad for that person giving us a nice little, a nice little yeah. laugh. Thanks. Relief. Dumb things said on Fred's <laughs> Facebook never ceases to amaze me. All right, up next, Lyndon Palmer of MTSU Hockey is going to join us to talk about what's going on with Middle Tennessee State University hockey. They're roaring right along in the Southeastern Collegiate Hockey Conference, and he is the leading scorer in the conference right now. Uh, just 
putting up points at will for MTSU. So that's Lyndon Palmer up next. Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Welcome back to Coming to Box Radio, ESPN 102.5 The Game, Justin Bradford, Lynn Blackwell, Mr. Kenny, and Bruno Mars. We need to be live on video so we can see these dance parties yeah, we, we were rocking. Y'all would love to be a part of the dance party. That was awesome. I'm sure, they, I'm sure they'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, let's start our two college hockey segments. A uh, friend of the show he's been on before, but has made the transition to college hockey now. We have Lyndon Palmer of MTSU Hockey joining us. Lyndon, how's it going, man? Oh, it's going good. How are y'all? Uh, doing, doing just fine. Good. Yeah, doing great. So, I mean, you stayed local. You're playing college hockey now, and you are atop the conference in terms of point production. Uh, I, I want to ask how the transition from high school to college has been, but you're kind of proving it on the score sheet there. But how has the transition from playing the high school game in G-Nash uh, been to playing uh, collegiate hockey now? Uh, the the jump is insane uh just so much quicker i knew it was going to be quicker um but i didn't think it'd be this much quicker uh i mean most of the most of the kids have played juniors in the past so really it's just like playing juniors and uh i i thought about going to play but i decided not to just stay local and what a gear this has been for MTSU men's hockey so far. Um, third in the conference, and you specifically leading the conference in scoring. What has this season so far been like for you overall as far as focus goes? Like what has been the coach's focus, and was there a specific aspect of your game that you were kind of focused on growing throughout the season? Uh, coach just wanted us playing, he calls it blue-collar hockey, uh, very physical and we get all four lines going and um, mine and my line mates job is basically to score. Uh, So I've just been trying to bear down on that and um, just play our game. And we obviously get the job done doing that. So I think it works out. It has been obviously Lyndon leading this leader, leading scorer right now. So obviously this is something personally for you to be proud of but this is also something that ultimately benefits your teammates as well so what has that been like for you knowing how this is positively affecting your team night in and night out oh it feels, it feels great honestly uh i mean we we have scoring all around the board now we we got off to a slow start and uh but these past three weekends we've we've all been contributing really well um we have players that go out and lay the body which makes them scared to play the puck so um just everyone's overall play we have a very well-developed team that can do pretty much anything so yeah well yeah i mean there's there's proof in that in terms of the production Uh, again Lyndon palmer joining us uh, from mtsu hockey Uh, right now 12 games you've played but with 29 points that's uh that's a pretty darn good pace right now for you Lyndon, and when you are going out there on the ice and, and you're seeing the opponent trying to, to level them up, I mean, you, you play the University of Alabama and Huntsville, their club team, uh, Florida State, uh, Embry-Riddle, University of Mississippi, Vanderbilt, a, a nice matchup there that you guys were able to split. 
what has been this experience for you too to be seeing different players? I'm sure some some familiar faces as well too from playing in in high school here as well. But what's that experience been like now to be able to to travel a little bit with hockey to play other universities and what you're going to have ahead of you too? Oh, it's it's been really fun uh, playing Flyers and Genash, especially in the SYTHL, which is what our Flyers team played in. We uh, we didn't play the greatest competition but i i don't want to dog them and neither with gene ash so getting players from all over the country vanderbilt didn't have a single player on their roster from tennessee right and so uh just seeing where everyone develops from is really cool so no that's great and Right now, MTSU's third in the SECHC, especially out of a conference as big as the SECHC as well. That is definitely a big accomplishment right now. Basically actually tied with FAU with Florida Atlantic University for second overall in, in, the, in the conference uh, behind Georgia at 20 points right now. So when you look at how this is laid out, are there certain games and teams coming up for the rest of the schedule that you're really looking forward to playing right now? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the next Vanderbilt series that we have. Uh, also Alabama, those two, those two series, I think will be really competitive and fun. Um, and then UCF is a great team from what I've seen and, uh, Kennesaw state as well. So really these last, I think four series, we might have five, I don't really know, but they will be very crucial considering our record. One series at a time, though, right? One series at a time. Oh, exactly. <laughs> I'm, exactly. Sure, I'm sure Coach really just pushes that one right there. <laughs> so when, when you see yourself, too, with all these other teams that are out there, how much does it mean to you? Because I know MTSU, for the past few years, they've been in kind of that rebuilding mode uh, as well. When the club program came back a few years ago and a lot of people put in so much hard work. I know uh, your captain, Nathaniel Wilson, put in a lot of work there, too. Uh, Jackson Taylor is one of the, one of the alternate captains. Uh, a lot of guys have put in a lot of work to build this program to where it is so when you see the standings now where you guys are at as a club how much does it mean to you even as a freshman to know that hey you guys are right in the thick of this now and it shows just how much uh, growth has gone into this team to be able to put you guys together like this oh yeah it, it feels amazing uh we i've i've seen them play the past two or three years and i will say that they weren't the best and uh we're clearly still not the best we have a lot of work to do but seeing us building and growing as a team and as a family it's really uh eye-opening i guess <laughs> well and a little different experience i mean like you said you played junior with flyers and you played gene ash and this is the next step and who knows what could be next after this as well i mean maybe we'll see in the svhl right <laughs> <laughs> whoa what <laughs> did not expect that reaction from you <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, so I got to ask too with with your studies and everything as well, because obviously being a student athlete, are you? Do you have any idea what you're studying right now? Are you doing just general studies? Or you kind of have something that's really kind of hitting your focus in college right now? Uh, right now, just trying to get through gen ed. Um, but my major is leisure and sports management. So, all right, all right. Actually, right before this call, I've I've been working on my math. So. Well, I'm glad your studies are still a priority. That is, that is. I know your dad's probably listening. He's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so you mentioned the Vanderbilt games, and you guys already had a series with them as well, too. And having that rivalry to where you each have your own home rank. I mean, MTSU's home rank is Florida Center down in Antioch. Vanderbilt's home rank is in Bellevue. 
Is that a pretty neat experience to have an, an in-town rival, even though they don't have local players, but just knowing that these are the two universities that represent Middle Tennessee in this conference? What's what's so fun about that rivalry already? Uh, just the thought of their team being just as young as ours. So we'll see these players. I mean, for me, I'll see these players the next three or four years as well as a bunch of my teammates. I think we have like probably six to eight freshmen and around that number of sophomores too. So we have a very young team and so do they. So these next three or four years will be very competitive and fun. Very competitive, and hopefully see see you guys near the top as well, too, and competing in the tournament, which is going to be important coming up uh, in the spring. So I'm sure this is one of those things that you guys see comments all the time whenever MTSU posts stuff is, oh, I didn't realize MTSU had a hockey team. <laughs> I'm sure there's some people that might have stumbled upon the show and everything, too, that would like to know where they can see you play. So how where, do they, where can they see you play? Where can they find out more information to be able to come and see you guys live in action? Uh, you can follow our Instagram. I believe it's MTSU hockey I'm, I'm sure if you just looked it up on instagram you could find it but uh yeah we post all the games and uh some highlights and player spotlights on there so you'll be able to see the schedule to uh know where we play and it's Ford ice and is our home game awesome and i know you guys bring a crowd with all the local talent on that team bring a good local crowd there makes for a fun atmosphere so Lyndon, as always thanks so much for joining us uh, best of luck the rest of the season and glad to see your career continuing to take off man Thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Folks, Lyndon Palmer, MTSU Hockey. Make sure you get down to Fordyce Center down in Antioch to catch an MTSU home game, and especially that series that they'll split typically uh, with a home-and-home with Vanderbilt. So at Bellevue or in Antioch at Fordyce Centers, it's it's fun to go and support these local clubs, and MTSU's making that push to be in the SECHC tournament coming up in March. Uh, down in Huntsville, so that'll be a. It'd be great to see local teams making it there. I know Tennessee's been making a push as well. They're currently looking at six in the conference overall too. So it's good to see the Tennessee teams showing up like that. Absolutely, with a lot of talent. A, a lot, lot of talent. talent. So it's exciting. Talent. All right, up next, let's continue the college hockey focus. We're going to switch to the women's side of hockey with a huge event coming up in Nashville next weekend. The Smashville Women's College Hockey Showcase will have Mackenzie Steffen, who played for the University of Wisconsin. The Badgers is leading up the charge for that program right there and l- learn more about what's coming up with all the different schools coming down to play in Nashville. So that's up next from Pelletier Box Theater, ESPN 1025 The Game. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio and ESPN 102.5 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Kenny Jamming behind the glass. I love it. Man, He's a it. good dancer. I love it, man. You're a good Thank dancer, you. Kenny. Appreciate that. Yeah. I could learn in a the thing chair. or two. In, in the, the chair. chair. In, in the, the chair. chair, too. In the chair, too. All right, folks. Really fun, exciting event coming up next weekend. It's the Smashville Women's Collegiate Hockey Showcase which is also going to include uh, a girls' hockey showcase as well, too. So, so many teams from across the country are going to be coming down to play in Nashville. Plus, NCAA Division One hockey teams, women's teams are coming to play. The Boston College Eagles, Colgate Raiders, Mercyhurst Lakers, and the Minnesota Golden Gophers. A huge event 
next weekend, and tickets are on sale at Ford, for Ford Eye Center Bellevue for that event on November 26th and 27th. And someone who played in that event back in 2019 with the Wisconsin Badgers is joining us right now from Total Package Hockey. Uh, Mackenzie Steffen is joining us right now to talk about the event coming up. Mackenzie, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure. So this is obviously a huge event. We've known about it for a while, but it is just around the corner now. What excites you the most about this event, not just for these D1 college teams coming in, but for all the the girls hockey teams coming into play in this showcase? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's awesome. We have 32 youth Tier 1 girls teams. We have teams coming from California, Arizona, Connecticut, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, really all over the country. And some of these players don't really get the opportunity to see these D1 teams live in action. So it'll be a super special event where all these youth girls will be able to watch the D1 teams face off. And it's just going to be super special for everyone. And Mackenzie, digging a little bit deeper into that, as a gold medal recipient with the U.S. Under-18 national team yourself, what is the magnitude that you feel that this Women's College Hockey Showcase has on the younger generation of female players who are looking to kind of pave their own way into the space? Yeah, I mean, it's it's truly incredible. Growing up, if I had an opportunity like this to really watch before my eyes some of the people I look up to and the level that I honestly dreamed of playing at at such a young age would be such a cool experience. So it's it's really a really special opportunity for these young girls. And it's apparent how much the sport has meant to you just by looking at everything that you've accomplished thus far. So coordinating girls hockey now with Total Package, Just personally for you, what has been the most rewarding thing for you as you continue to contribute growing the sport? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is just really helping in any way to grow girls hockey that I can. Um, I just really want to leave the game better than I found it. And that's just my biggest thing I'm especially doing down here in Nashville, just wherever I can pitch in and help out. I'm more than happy to do for the girls. Again, Mackenzie Steffen of Total Package Hockey and formerly the Wisconsin Badgers joining us right now on Penalty Box Radio. Uh, Mackenzie, back in November 2019, did you think that you're going to be back in Nashville working in hockey at that moment? <laughs> <laughs> I had literally no idea. I remember walking into the, into the facilities, though. It was just when Ford had opened, and we were all just astonished on how beautiful the rink was. Um, so it's truly an honor to be working here now with with everyone at Ford and with the Preds. So it's it's really awesome. I'm really lucky. And and on top of that, just what was that experience like to uh, traveling in some big teams? I mean, there are some implications in terms of the, the games being played, in terms of where all these teams were ranked back in 2019. So what was that experience like, not just knowing that you had a big crowd there watching you here in Nashville of all places too, but also knowing that you were playing very important games as part of the showcase? Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you look at the lineup, three out of these four teams coming this weekend are top 10 teams. And, I mean, everyone wants to come to the event. The Preds put on a world-class event, and to have high competition like it's going to be is just really an experience you can't get anywhere else other than at the Frozen Four, which is not until the end of the year. So it's unbelievable. It's really, really cool. So let, let's go back to your career at Wisconsin. I mean, you closed it out being the captain of the team. I mean, obviously, su- successful career. Uh, what was that experience like for you playing college hockey and, and especially, you know, following that up from you your playing in Minnesota with high school hockey, you, you played in the World Juniors as well, too, uh, and, and won gold. But what was that experience like playing at Wisconsin, which is such a, a hockey hotbed uh, when it comes to the sport? 
Yeah, I grew up in Minnesota, like you said, so it's kind of always like, ooh, it's Gophers, Gophers, <laughs> but <laughs> they're coming to the tournament, which is super awesome. But Wisconsin was truly such an unbelievable experience. It's one of the coolest cities in the world. I, If you haven't been to Madison, you have to be there, but such a great athletic department. They support their women's sports so much, and it was just such an honor to play for the Badgers um, and truly an experience that I'll never forget. And as Glenn touched a little bit earlier and as we've been talking about as well, this is a huge opportunity for, for girls to see that there is still a next step that can be taken in, in hockey as well. And as someone who recently graduated, what, what have you learned just since graduating as well too about your role and what you can continue to do to grow the sport? And what do you see for the future of the sport for, for girls and for women? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that's always stuck with me is just to leave the game better than I found it. Um, that's why I love coaching these girls and helping them to see opportunities like these college teams playing just so that they can truly see before their eyes that there is a future to girls hockey. And every day it's getting better because all these powerful women are fighting um, for better and equal opportunities. So it's, it's really special to be a part of. And we see that, too, because I know just uh, back in the spring, I believe that's where they had the, the girls' hockey program for young girls and for, I think, some teens as well, too. And it was sold out. I mean, it, for, only for girls, which was awesome to see. I had a couple of friends, their daughters participated in it, too. And so we're seeing the sport continue to grow here in Nashville. And so as someone who is growing up in Minnesota and then played in Wisconsin as well, and you moved down here to Nashville, what are you seeing about the hockey community here and how much it is continuing to grow? Yeah, the girls' um, program that the Preds um, started last year, um, I think they sold it out in, like, hours. Like, it was just crazy. And there's a demand for the game. And there's a demand for the girls' game. And it's just – it's really fun to be a part of because everyone wants to play. They want to be introduced, and then they fall in love with the game. And that's how the game is. It's so fun to play, and it's so fun to have the teammates. So it's it's so unbelievable. And – I know jumping around here, but as someone who's able to wear the Team USA jersey uh, and being able to talk to people about that and people know that you did that, what was that feeling like for you to know that you were representing your country on the ice? I know for any sport, when you're able to represent your country, it's a big deal. So what was that personally for you like? Yeah, I mean, it's truly one of the highest honors you can do. And at age 18, it's kind of a lot to take in. But like I said, it's such an honor. And to play alongside some of the best girls in the world, and to play against the best girls in the world is just a really an unforgettable experience. So, so going into this showcase with these four teams, do you have any predictions, or are you not allowed to have predictions on who might come away with two wins? <laughs> oh gosh, I don't know. I might have Boston College in the first one. Um, Boston College, they I think they're ten right now. I think Colgate's a little above them, but they made it to the championship. When we played them, they ended up beating Minnesota, and they were the underdog then, too. Mm -hmm. So I might see them sneaking away to the championship. And then I think Minnesota and Mercyhurst will be a good matchup, too. I don't know who will come out of that one. All right, so we did get a little prediction there then. All right. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we won't tell anybody. We won't tell anybody, that. yeah. Just everybody on air. Uh, <laughs> well, so before we have to let you go, we, when we have someone on for the first time, we love doing some get-to-know-you questions, especially from hockey players and asking some lightning round questions. So we have about two minutes, and I know Glenn has a, a load of lightning round questions you'd like to ask you. Just a few. So, <laughs> all right. Fav- <laughs> Favorite NHL arena? Oh, gosh. Probably the Excel Energy Center. Knew it. (laughs) (laughs) Your favorite city in the U.S. besides the one that you live in? Madison, Wisconsin. You prefer texting or talking on the phone? 
talking on the phone. Oh, okay. Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Talk to animals. Me too. Fill in the blank. <laughs> Fill in the blank. Taylor Swift is blank. A queen. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> Two questions in a row. I think we became best friends. Would you rather have invis- invisibility or super strength? Invisibility. Oh, my gosh. What was the last song that you listened to? Uh, Doing This by Luke Combs. Is that what the new one's called? Maybe. <laughs> I'm like, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> I just listened to Taylor Swift is the only person I listened to. So For 10 know. minutes, yes. Oh, uh, Yes. If you could travel back in time, what time period would you go back to? Elementary school. Love it. Um, Place that you most want to travel that you've never been? Hawaii. Yeah. Mm. Favorite, um, what's your favorite Halloween costume you've ever dressed up? A lion. (laughs) (laughs) Rawr. What's your favorite junk food? Oh, gosh. Chocolate cake. <laughs> oh, that that makes me want chocolate cake now. <laughs> Who was your first celebrity crush? Probably all of the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> They're really good in concert, by the way. I've never seen really? them. I've never seen them live. How have I seen them and you haven't? That been? actually I, doesn't surprise me in the least bit. <laughs> <laughs> they were great when they were here a few months ago. <laughs> so are you into Harry Potter? Because I have a Harry Potter question. No, not at all. Okay. Then I'll ask Justin. <laughs> Justin, if Voldemort offered you a hug, would you accept it? No. <laughs> no. Can I question that? Well, can you can you name one of the seven dwarves of Snow White? I don't think I can. Oh no. Was there a sleepy, sneezy, grumpy I think? dog? Yeah, grumpies. Yeah. Glenn's going to be grumpy. He didn't get that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> well, that derailed. Uh, <laughs> Mackenzie, we appreciate. Yeah, we, it's fun. We appreciate your time so much, and just looking forward to next weekend, and just appreciate you being able to get to know you a little bit better. Yes, thank you guys so much for having me. Absolutely, folks. That is Mackenzie Stefan. She is the girls' hockey coordinator at Total Package Hockey and event coordinator as well. Uh, the big, big event coming up next weekend: the Smashville Collegiate Hockey Showcase. Make sure you get tickets. Uh, information is available on the Natural Predators website and on their social media. You can see it there, too. That is a great way to take your kids to see college hockey and especially taking your girls to see college hockey to see what they could be doing when they grow up and get a little bit older to, to get scholarships to go and play the sport they love and to be able to go to school, just like the boys. And I love what Mackenzie said. She said she wants to leave it the sport better than she found it for 100%, 100%. girls. 100%. 100%. All right. Well, up next... Let's answer some questions because we had plenty come in <laughs> from Twitter. That's a beautiful song, Justin. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> uh, that's up next here on Penalty Box Theater, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, producer Kenny, 
See, I let songs breathe, unlike Mr. Poor. Yes. I let them breathe. Gotta let them breathe. Sound like three seconds in. Welcome back to Fred's Insiders. No, you gotta, you gotta get the goodness. You gotta get the feels, yeah, you, you know? Feel. It gets me pumped and rolling. I, I still love you, Porth. Please have me on the show again. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go to our questions. First one. Oh, boy. This one comes from Nick Rogers. Does ketchup belong on a hot dog? There is a correct answer. There is a correct answer. Oh, okay. Now, if I'm going to eat a hot dog, which I don't anymore, because I used <laughs> to love hot dogs as a child, and absolutely, you have to have ketchup on a hot dog. Okay. Here's, I've changed, Okay. Uh-oh. You know, you will. You know me. I've been very opinionated on food things before, right? Very mm-hmm. like hot dog sandwich, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. The pandemic taught me a lot, which was I don't care as long as you're happy. Mm. If ketchup on a hot dog makes, makes you, happy, you happy, put ketchup on a hot dog. I prefer mustard. Other people but, prefer mustard, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to tell you what you can and cannot put on a hot dog. If it makes you happy and it tastes good to you, put it on the dang hot dog. I like multiple things on a hot dog if I'm going to eat one. Yeah, I, I like, I enjoy mustard and relish and onions. Ew, gross. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I felt like I was in fifth grade again. And I know. It's like I had a be, booger in my nose. Try to be funny because you just said, if, Ew, you know what? Gross. Whatever you want on a hot dog, you eat on a hot dog. And oh then I turned God. it around and I was acting disgusted. You became one of those people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what happened to me during COVID. I became one of those people. <laughs> oh, one of the seven doors called Grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm just sleepy all the time. Oh, well, that's fair. All right, this one comes from Becca. Who is the better Scrooge, Michael Caine or Patrick Stewart? Oh, this is a difficult question. That's a really, really solid question. It is a solid question. Um, but if if I'm having to pick, I'm going to go with Michael Caine because I'm. I mean, it's the Muppets. Yeah, that's that's where I go with. Obviously, I love Patrick Stewart. I mean, he's a treasure. But Michael Caine, because I just have this wonderful connection to the Muppet Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was a good question. That's, that's tough. a very good question. This one comes from Matt. Why does Harper keep getting chances? Because people keep getting injured, unfortunately. <laughs> Anyways. It's about the only reason. Yeah, this one comes from Jack. Which song is more catchy? Everybody, Everybody by Black Box or Careless Whisper by George Michael? Look, this is coming from Jack, so I think Jack probably knows that my answer is always going to be George Michael's Careless Whisper. <laughs> this is one of my favorite songs. Yeah. <laughs> you got to cue it up. I know we don't have a lot of time. Let's just breathe a Yeah, see, I mean, if you see me driving around Nashville, there's a oh, yeah. there's a solid chance that could be playing. And I'm playing air sax, no matter there what. There you go. Like, yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I've done it in the locker room for Money Drunks games, <laughs> after Money Drunks to games. To this song? Yeah, to Careless Whisper. It's so good. Now, everybody, everybody's very catchy as well, and I do enjoy that song. Yeah, but no, it's not. It's nothing Ow. compared. <laughs> <laughs> it's got nothing on George. Ow. <laughs> it's got nothing on George Michael. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, this one comes from Johnny. Uh, throwing out last night's result against the uh, for the Coyotes. Are the Coyotes going to finish with more or less wins than the 75 caps? Heck, did they even get as many wins as those caps got at home that season, which was seven? Oh, I was about to say I have to look up the 75 caps. So last week we had Craig Morgan on from Phoenix Sports who is basically in his discussions and everything, the Coyotes are tanking. 
mm-hmm. they're doing it without saying they're doing it. So he's even written a guide on how to cheer yeah. for a tanking team because the way they built that roster is to tank. They're trying to tank because all the draft picks they have in the first two rounds is incredible. So, I mean, I think it's difficult in this era <laughs> right now for them to beat that record. Mm-hmm. I think they'll they'll just run into a couple streaks where people they'll be hungry enough to win some games. They're going to be awful overall. I mean, that yeah. is the bottom of the bottom for the central, no matter what. But I think even when you're like when you're purposely tanking, you're still gonna win some games. You're still gonna <laughs> you're win still like twenty games. It. Yeah. You're still gonna do it. So I don't think it'll be as bad as seven for sure. Right. Um because yeah. typically when you're trying to do one thing, sometimes you're going to end up doing the other. So right. you're going to win some games. Right. It'll happen. Okay, this one comes from Alex. If Duchesne and Johansson keep up the current pace they're on to start the season and assuming the wheels don't fall off completely, do they have a case to make the playoffs and possibly make another deep playoff run? First of all, I'll go and say this before I say whatever I believe. Anything can happen when you make the playoffs. There are so many teams that have proven that. You can predict it sometimes. You can't predict it all the times. Experts can get it wrong quite often. Nashville versus Chicago in 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they can get things wrong. You just do not know because any team could click and something special could happen. The elements have to be in place for that to happen. You can't take the Coyotes, throw them in the playoffs, and think <laughs> they're going to make a run because they're not. Mm-hmm. But you have a team that could have a goalie that could steal games. That is always the key. We've talked about that how many times, yep. right? A goaltender that can steal games is the key element to success in the playoffs. You can have a great offense. You can have a great defense. But if your goaltender plays out of his mind, like Yusasaros did to close out the season to make that run just to make the playoffs, anything can happen. So before I hand it over to Glenn, they absolutely have a case to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They're playing right now like a team that should make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think there's still going to be some streakiness that'll happen just naturally because it's sports and streaks will happen in sports. But if you have a goaltender like Saros that can stand on his head and they can pot in some unique, timely goals, anything can happen. I will mm-hmm. not put any money on that at all unless you want to put $10 on something and be like, if they win, they win. Fine. But it's not a betting thing for me to say, yeah, the Predators are going to make a deep run right now. They're playing like a playoff team right now. It's still very early on in the season. And enjoy it well, however long it lasts that they're performing as young as they are as a fun team to watch that are going to be in every game they're playing so far. Anything can change. It anything can. can happen in the playoffs. Yeah. And I agree with you. Anything can happen in the playoffs, which is why I think in this case scenario, like you said, if all the elements are there and you have a solid goaltender and you say Saros, which you do, in this particular scenario that Alex presented, if that's the case and Duchesne and Johansson keep up the current pace that they're on and assuming the wheels don't fall off, absolutely the Predators can get into the playoffs. And if that team gets into the playoffs playing that way, they could they could make a deep run. Mm-hmm. I'm not predicting that they absolutely will, but if this case scenario presented itself, absolutely, they absolutely. can make another deep run. This one comes from Scott. We discussed Yossi being a possible candidate for the Norris this year in a previous uh, episode. Yossi had to defend both the Matthews and Tavares lines last night uh, mm-hmm. and kept them to one goal overall with a lot of help from Saros, though. Uh, who else would you pick to be in the running for the Norris? I mean, the one of the top ones that's going to be up there is, again, Adam Fox. It's not just one point production, but I mean, he's a defending winner of it. He's 16 points as well as Yossi as well. Then, I mean, in terms of production, you're going to have other players up there like, uh, unfortunately, Tony D'Angelo, Quinn Hughes, 
Kevin Shanker, who's playing out of his mind right now. Victor Hedman, uh, Tampa mm-hmm. Bay, is always going to be discussed as well because he's one of the top defensemen in the league. Uh, it is weird seeing Shane Gottespierre with how bad Arizona is as well up there. Then you have your other ones that probably haven't hit their stride yet in terms of some of the younger players like uh, Miro uh, Haskinen will be throwing up there as well. But I think Adam Fox is probably the, the biggest competition to Yossi right now with the way you see it. It's just going to come down as we see with voting and how the, the rest of the season plays out for sure. Yep, absolutely. Just basically what you said because you covered a lot of the people. Victor Hedman, I was going to jokingly but not so jokingly say, like, obviously he's mm-hmm. always going to be right up there. So <laughs> that's who I would say um, to be in the running. But, yeah, I mean, Yossi, man. Whew. Yeah. He just continues to build a case for himself. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. This one comes from uh, Milo. Uh, if they won't keep the pace, could the return of Forsberg partly compensate um, whatever they may lose, given players like Tomasino, Tolvanen, Novak, and even Afanasiev stepping up? In such a case, when would you guys see the ceiling for the Preds? So this is if the Predators are somehow not in the run and Forsberg has shown all implications that he's not going to resign. One, you do you trade him? Yes, you absolutely do. And you should get a pretty decent return overall because it's not necessarily a cap issue for this team where teams are like, oh, we well, have a cap issue. We're going to give you a little. Teams are going to be competing for Philip Forsberg. Even though he's injury prone right now, they're still going to want him because he can still help a team make a playoff run. Uh, so, yeah, if that's the case, you do that. And But that's but you only do that if you know he's not going to resign or he's giving you any implication he's not. If he's kind of being shifty on things, you still trade him. You cannot have another Ryan Suter situation enter you to where he leaves you for nothing. There's so much you could gain from trading Flip Forsberg if the time comes. But only if the time comes. <laughs> only if the time comes. All right. I think we must, might have missed a few questions because we got so many. Thank you so much for all of those that always participate. We appreciate it. If you miss anything, make sure you subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. And for producer Kenny, Glenn, and thank you so much to our guests. This is Justin Bradford. Thanks so much for listening to Penalty to Box Radio here on ESPN 1025 The Game.